Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. In our last episode, we began our review of the testimony of one of the lead detectives on this case, Detective Martin Howard. On today's episode, we take a look at arguments outside the presence of the jury over the admissibility of video evidence taken by Kristen T. Harris, an independent radio personality. The substance and tone of these sidebar arguments offer us a microcosm of the dynamics that would come to characterize much of the Rittenhouse trial. That's all coming up after the break. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. At the end of our last episode, Prosecutor Thomas Binger was using the testimony of Detective Martin Howard to introduce a piece of video that was taken for a local independent radio show called The Rundown Live, hosted by Kristen Harris. As we ended the episode, Binger was using a clip without audio. But next, the prosecutor calls for the sound to be turned on. And while Binger has already been admonished by Judge Bruce Schrader to refrain from playing any hearsay audio and only to play audio clips of statements by the defendant, what ensues is a Harris monologue, and none of the voices that break in belong to Kyle Rittenhouse. They've been pretty nice to me. They've kind of let me come and go. How you guys doing? Who you with? The Rundown Live. So, um... Now report the perimeter! Uh, all right, they're saying I'm in the perimeter. They're making awareness that I'm here. All right, they're asking me to leave. Hey, we got the militia here. They're trying to they're trying to protect private property. They're trying to protect their property. Everyone got that right. Yeah, no shit. I don't disagree. That's that's hey, what they they that's when we down there. Oh, where they? With the green maze. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. With the green maze. That's that's bullshit. Yeah. No, that that's that's not cool. Yeah. But I I think a lot of them just are scared. So. So. Uh, they're just trying to protect their property, bro. I agree with this guy. These guys are trying to protect their property up there. Yeah, they're just trying to protect their property. Oh, yeah, I, know, I know, but they... Like, if that was my house and I didn't know what was going on, I, you know... 
Yeah, well, that's the fuck up. I just assumed they were like some old writers. No, I think one of them, uh, they clicked uh, the click the laser pointer, and they're probably somebody's trying to be a copy dick. The right to do that. Yeah, I know, but it's still, being a, it's still being a copy dick, though, yeah. you know. That's true. Because those things are loaded. That's not, that's not, that's, that's not for fun. That's not for fun. That's not painful. But they got, you know, they, yeah. Back to my point, not everyone should, not all militias should have guns, because if they're pointing lasers at people from the roof, that's not cool either. So that's what caused it. So allegedly, the reason why they were upset is somebody tried to bring lasers Once again, Richards objects to the playing of hearsay editorial evidence. Play my client, that's fine, but this is editorialing. I understand the objection. I, the problem is, is there are portions of this that, that don't have anything to do with the defendant that describe the scene, and I'm trying to give the jury... That's hearsay. It's hearsay. I'm not this introducing is... anyone's statements for the truth of the matter asserted. I'm introducing it for the state of mind of the defendant as he watches If it's scene. not for the truth of the matter asserted, it's irrelevant. No, it goes to state of mind, Your Honor. State of mind of... Of the defendant. When he sees someone else's, um, would you do me a favor and step into the library for a minute? At Judge Schrader's request, the jury steps out of the courtroom. Once the jury has left, Schrader makes a comment that reflects his sensitivity to the media coverage of the case and specifically to the issue of admitting evidence that might violate a defendant's constitutional protections. Okay, uh, first off, the Court of Appeals very strongly condemns uh, sidebars, and we've used them for a number of purposes in this case, which I think everyone would agree have not touched anything which is an essential part of the case, and main, mainly have been management issues. Uh, but uh, the, the Court of Appeals rightly wants to have a full record made, which cannot be made when we're having a little sidebar. So, uh, uh, and when you state your ob objections, then I've stated you have to state the objection here uh, or or else I'll have to excuse the jury and I think that was we're going to get into this a little deep more deeply now um, so I, I think we did the right thing to to do that no, no, let me just let me just sure. test the stage here the I've been you <laughs> know I've talked about inaccurate things out on the media and one of the things that I've read over and over and over again is about how I messed up the state against Jensen case, which is now pending downstairs. Actually, I had it 100% correct in the first place. Judge Schrader is referencing a case that went back and forth in the Wisconsin appellate courts, a case in which the judge believes that his original decisions were on the right side of justice. In that case, Schrader was skeptical of the admissibility of anything that might be considered hearsay evidence. Schrader also seems peeved that commentators on national cable news are criticizing the reasoning behind some of his decisions. Prosecutor Binger tries to respond. It goes to the defendant's state of mind because the defendant is witnessing everything that's going on in this video. He is witnessing what's going on in the crowd. He's witnessing the response. He's witnessing all of these statements that are being made. And it goes to his state of mind. It's a present sense impression. And the defendant's state of mind, as we've all agreed multiple times in this case, is critical to the case. 
Defense attorney Mark Richards responds and references the testimony of Corey Washington, to whom Richards refers as Mr. Elijah, Washington's on-screen name. Your Honor, start at the beginning for where I came in. The state argues that we've been doing this. One, Mr. Elijah, who was giving the editorial comments in the first video, he was here to be questioned. In this case, this individual who's in charge of the audio video feed is not under the state subpoena. He could be. If they chose to do that, they could have him here and he could testify to his opinions and we could cross-examine those. That would be acceptable. What Mr. Binger is saying is my client is there so he knows all this. There's no proof that what that individual is seeing, filming, and commenting on, my client is looking at it, seeing, or part of it. In spite of the fact that both the judge and the defense attorney are focused on the hearsay rule that precludes admitting evidence by someone other than the person testifying, Binger keeps bringing up the confrontation clause, referencing Rittenhouse's right to confront witnesses in court. So we've got two complaints here, or two objections. One is the confrontation clause. This is not testimonial. It doesn't even fall anywhere near testimonial. Therefore, confrontation clause, I don't believe, is a valid objection. 
The judge instead offers another critique of Binger's assertion that the video is somehow evidence of the defendant's state of mind and includes a grievance at the way that TV commentators are assessing his decisions. Binger then responds. I am not introducing these statements for the truth of the matter asserted. Then why I, are they relevant? Because they go to the defendant's state of mind. Richards pushes back on Binger's repeated invocation of state of mind, asserting that the state is presenting a, quote, ridiculous argument, end quote. Unless this unsubpoenaed individual can read minds, that is a ridiculous argument. I, he, this narrator is going to prove my client's state of mind? That's absurd. I, I don't know how to respond to that. And the, the general, and I don't even want to use this word, but panoply of what's going on here, if it's not the opinions of the narrator, that goes to what may or may not have been seen by my client. You know, somebody yelling, they're throwing things, or there's a laser. I'm not objecting to that because that's part of what goes on and what went on that night. It was shown even some um, at the gas station that Mr. Elijah was testifying to. What we're objecting to is the person who is running the feed and giving the editorial comments. That is hearsay. Ultimately, Judge Schrader only allows portions of the video that include the defendant and that do not include any commentary from Mr. Harris. In our end-of-week recap, we will further examine why Prosecutor Binger felt that presenting the audio and video together to the jury was so vital to his theory of the case. But it does bear mentioning that his arguments seem to have been out of sync with Wisconsin law, and his suggested interpretations of the law seem to have further contributed to the ongoing tensions between Binger and Judge Schrader. That concludes this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us on our next episode as we continue our exploration of Prosecutor Thomas Binger's direct examination of Detective Martin Howard, one of the lead investigators of the August 25th shootings. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. You can find more information about this trial at CrimeStory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. This episode was written by Mackenzie Moser. It was co-produced by Chris Terracone and Aaron Karenik. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. The episode was edited by Chris Terracone. Music for the episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.